today's episode of the Brains Bite Back podcast, we speak with Walter Poliska, Vice President of Marketing at Dot Data, a company that democratizes the use of AI and machine learning by making it simple for organizations to leverage the power of their data through fast, unique, and easy-to-use tools. In this episode, we discuss the company's origin story, its target customers, and the solutions it offers. We also explore predictive data mining and how it helps businesses leverage historical data to make accurate predictions about future events. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. My name is Walter Poliska. I'm the VP of Marketing for Dot Data. Um, I've been with Dot Data since May of 2019, so almost four years now. And Dot Data is a leading provider of data science automation solutions. Uh, we have largely, broadly speaking, two customer types that we tend to target. Uh, experienced data science teams, primarily in larger organizations that are looking to uh, automate the feature engineering part of their work. Uh, and the other one are um, more companies that are just getting started in the world of predictive analytics and in the world of data science and are looking for automation solutions to try and empower non-data scientists um, in the process of building machine learning models and the data science processes that are needed to do predictive analytics. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to have you here. And I'm really curious to know, like, when and how did Dot Data first start? Yeah, it's a great question. So actually, the data story goes back quite a ways. Um, Ryohi Fujimaki, the CEO and founder of that data, um, is a former employee of NEC uh, in Japan. So he was actually what's known as an NEC fellow, a research fellow. Now, there haven't been that many in the history of the company. NEC is quite an old company, goes back well over 100 years. Um, and I forget the exact number, I don't want to lie to you, but uh, I know that you know there's been very few NEC research fellows in the history of the company. He was the youngest one ever in the history of the company. Um, and he was uh, part of their data science team and uh, pretty much ran data, their data science organization from a services perspective, right? So they would do project-based work, going to accounts. And the idea behind that data actually originated um, through the course of his experience with NEC, one of the things that he consistently kept noticing was that his team of data scientists would always spend an inordinate amount of time on specific parts of the data science process. Um, and getting a little bit into the technical weeds here, but there's one part especially known as feature engineering, which is really the most time consuming, the most manual part of the process. And he kept seeing that um, they would literally be spending months on the feature engineering process and they would still be at a point where they hadn't even played with any machine learning algorithms yet to figure out what the model should look like. And, you know, that's obviously an aha moment at some point that tells you there's something there. So there, there's a need here. There's automation could perhaps solve that problem. And that's where the idea behind that data originated. And the company was uh, founded as a spinoff from NEC Corporation in 2018. Uh, in Japan, and um, so originally born in Japan, but fully headquartered now in the United States. We have all of our uh, headquartered executive staff and pretty distributed company. We're worldwide. We have people in Europe. We have people in Japan. We have people in the United States, uh, and that brings us to where we are today. Awesome. Well, that's a fantastic success story, and I'm also very curious to know what is the story behind the name Dot Data, because for our listeners. It's spelled like dot D-O-T, but with a lowercase d and then data with a capital D right after it. Where did like that come from? Great question. So um, the original inspiration behind the name dot data really comes from 
you know, one of the ideas that they were, the group of people that founded the company was toying with was, um, you know, we're talking like probably when this idea was first being kicked around 2016, 2017. So there were a lot of conversations in the world going on about data and the volume of data and how much data was being generated around the world on a daily basis. And it sort of dawned on them, you know, um, the previous iteration of the internet, so to speak, in the 1990s and the 2000s were all about .NET, right, and the network. And they thought, well, the next iteration of the world is really going to be about data, so .data. So instead of .NET, .data. Um, so that was the original intent behind the .data name. Okay, yeah, that makes sense with a lot more clarity with that in mind. I also really do love the alliteration of it, the .dd, the .data. It's got a really nice sound to it when you say it. Uh, yeah, it's I a do... memorable name and it's it's easy to market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I completely get that. And I also want to know, like in November last year, you folks there at Dot Data published an article uh, called What is Predictive Data Mining? Obviously, I would highly recommend listeners go check it out. But while you're here, like, could you give us a brief overview regarding what predictive data mining is? Sure, absolutely. So uh, obviously, you know, from a perspective of the audience, um, those that are not familiar with it, um, you know, you may have heard of it in different terminology, you may have heard it referred to as predictive analytics, predictive data mining, data mining by itself. Technically, they're not quite the same thing if you really want to split hair. But for, you know, sort of a broad audience, um, predictive data mining and predictive analytics are really about leveraging historical data that you have in your organization. Um, you know, for example, a good use case might be in marketing, you might want to predict uh, behavior of um, visitors on your website for a shopping cart, right? And you have historical data about, you know, what are the actions that certain people take before they purchase a specific product? And you want to use that data, you want to mine that data and use uh, very specific techniques and algorithms, things like and you know decision tree analysis or rule induction, clustering, outlier detection, and other types of data mining techniques to identify the patterns, uh, determine you know sort of this is the insights part of predictive analytics, build those insights. These are also sometimes referred to as features um, in the world of machine learning, but figure out the insights that tell you okay this is what tends to happen. Um, every time somebody buys a particular product in the example we just had. And then taking it one step further and saying, okay, now I can use certain machine learning algorithms to try and predict the probability of somebody purchasing a product when they take certain specific actions. And the reason that's important to you as a marketer in the example that I just gave is, um, if I can predict with a certain degree of accuracy what's going to happen when somebody takes certain specific actions, I can now drive people towards those actions. I can now leverage that information to optimize my marketing campaigns. Uh, so that's predictive uh, data mining in a nutshell. It gets a lot more complicated very quickly. There's a lot more to talk about. So I've given you literally the you know marketing guy's 30-second version. Uh, a lot more information available on our website, and uh, we're happy to to meet with anybody that obviously wants to learn more about this. We're very, very keen on educating the market as much as possible about this. Yeah, I can imagine that can get pretty complicated pretty quickly. So I really do appreciate you giving us um, that brief overview. And I think you did a good job of summarizing what appears to be a very complex topic. Now, I also want to know, like, are there other companies operating this space? And if so, like, how do you folks 
at dot data differentiate yourselves from the competition? Great question. <clears throat> so the short answer is yes, of course, there are plenty of other companies that uh, operate in this space. Um, and having, you know, having said that, the one thing that is um, probably also a truism about the machine learning slash predictive analytics space is that it is developing and is changing at an incredibly fast pace. So if you look at the positioning of companies, say, three, four years ago when I first joined that data, versus how those same companies are positioning themselves today, how their products are built today, what they do today, radically different conversations. And that's really being driven largely by how quickly the market is developing. Um, through all of that, however, the one huge differentiator for that data really comes down to the core engine of that data and how that data works. So one of the things that I haven't we haven't talked about, and again, this gets into a little bit the technical uh, depth of this conversation, but it's important, is that um, in the world of predictive analytics, right, when you go and use these machine learning algorithms to build your predictive models, these machine learning algorithms like flat tables, essentially. They're not happy. So if you, if you don't know how much you know about enterprise data, but especially in the world of enterprise data, if you think about something like salesforce.com, for example, as a user of salesforce.com, I just see a leads screen and it has lead information. It has my activities against my leads. It's all in one location. But if I take the covers off of that and look underneath in the guts, so to speak, of how this system operates, it's basically what's called a relational database. So all of those fields that I'm seeing, many of them, are really parts of different tables that live in different parts of Salesforce, and they're all connected together. Well, machine learning algorithms don't like those things. Machine learning algorithms like flat tables. Machine learning algorithms like things that look like CSVs, like, like spreadsheets. So a big part of machine learning is what's called feature engineering, which is essentially a process of taking these complex relational data tables, figuring out the patterns that make sense for your machine learning algorithm, and building these flat tables, essentially, that you then have to feed into your machine learning algorithms. The biggest core differentiator for that data is that we do that part automatically. That's traditionally a very hands-on process. If I go back to when you asked me the very first question about you know, how that data originated, that was the aha moment that our CEO had, was watching these data scientists spend literally months on building these feature tables that they would then have to uh, manually put into their machine learning algorithms and realizing there's got to be a, a better way. We, we have to be able to build a system that will automatically find the connections between these tables, automatically identify the patterns that are relevant and purposeful, and build these feature tables automatically. So that's by far our biggest differentiator. Um, and to date, we're really the only company in the market that, that provides that functionality. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and I always love the fact that whenever I interview people, it always seems like there is some kind of aha moment uh, at the basis of all of these companies that I speak with. And it's really, it's a really fun part of my job getting to that, that core um, drive, I guess. So that, that makes absolute sense. And I'm curious to know what is next on the horizon for you folks at dot data. So I think from a, a, you know, sort of a couple of perspectives, right? One is from a, uh, obviously as a business growth is the biggest area of interest for us. Um, and actually, one of the things that uh, we think, uh, especially given the economic uncertainty that's happening right now, systems like that data actually become even more beneficial to organizations. 
Um, you know, when money, when investment capital was plentiful and organizations didn't have to worry about headcount and didn't have to worry about, you know, you could just hire to solve the problem, right? You needed to do things faster, you hire more data scientists. You needed to build products faster, you hire more data engineers and so on. Well, with the economy doing what it's doing right now, um, we're actually seeing an uptick in demand. We're actually seeing more companies saying, I, I don't have the ability to expand my team. I don't have the the permission, so to speak, financially to go and hire 10, 15, 20 more data scientists. So how do I make my existing team more productive? Uh, and that's where that data can give them a lot of help. So we see a lot of opportunity um, in the short term as well as the long term from that perspective. And obviously we have uh, a whole lot of ideas and a whole lot of um, new things coming down the line from a product perspective. Uh, most of which I can't really talk about just yet, but some very exciting things that are coming in the second half of this year. Uh, that will continue to expand on the capabilities of the product and also take us into some new areas that we haven't been in before. Fantastic. Well, it sounds like you folks have a lot going on and I wish you the best of luck with that. And if people are listening and they're interested in keeping up with you personally, Walter, or .data, where can they go to do that? Great question. So um, .data is, is the easiest one. Just go to uh, .data.com, D-O-T-D-A-T-A.com. Um, to connect with me personally, uh, you can find me on the leadership page. If you go to our about page uh, and then leadership, you'll see my uh, my picture, my bio, and you can click directly to my LinkedIn profile. Or my LinkedIn profile is simple enough. It's just linkedin.com slash IN slash, and then my full name, Walter Paliska, W-A-L-T-E-R-P-A-L-I-S-K-A. Um, and you'll go to my LinkedIn profile and just uh, reach out to me. Excellent. Well, we'll include links as well in the description of this episode so listeners can go there. But otherwise, Walter, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for the opportunity and uh, thank you to all your listeners. Growing a company has many hurdles, from securing funding to expanding your business capabilities to ranking better on search. Each business challenge is uniquely complex. The solution to these challenges is growth-focused digital PR and marketing, and that is where our sponsor, Publicize, comes in. Publicize sets itself apart from traditional PR companies. It does not charge large retainers or churns out press releases whether you've got a newsworthy announcement or not. Publicize builds businesses' online presence and gets high-quality PR and media coverage for startups and entrepreneurs who are priced out of a broken PR industry. What's more, listeners of BrainSpike Back can find the tools and resources they need to overcome common hurdles that many startups face when trying to generate long-term growth by visiting publicize.co slash bbb. That's publicize.co slash bbb. That is it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. I hope you've learned something. And if you have benefited from today's episode, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast as these reviews really help us grow the show. You can also follow us wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Just search BrainSpike back and you will find us. We hope you join us for more episodes in the future. And until then, take care. Disclosure. This episode contained a client and a Spacio portfolio company.